We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. With me today is co-founder, Brian Goins, the Heat Twitter president, Alf, and our, is it sixth or seventh special guest, George Sedano from my alma mater, FIU. Sir, how are you? Thank you for joining the program. All good, boys. How are you? Thank you for having me on. No, thank you. I know that it's busy playoff time and everything, so like this is huge for us, and, and we really appreciate your time. Yeah, man, you got it. I'm just, uh, I'm a little uh, disappointed. I'm like the sixth or seventh uh, huge guest. I got to be honest. I know, but you're the biggest one. Don't tell oh, Jason right. Leisure. Jason right. Leisure <laughs> thinks he's the biggest one. <laughs> leisure yeah, is the biggest one. You have no idea how big le- Leisure is. The biggest I what? Mean, <laughs> the biggest star. All right, I'm not even going to say anything. That's it. The I'll biggest leave, star <laughs> Every time we have a guest line, it ends up somebody makes fun of poor Jason Leisure. <laughs> Leave like Leisure nice, alone, man. He's a good dude. I'm Team Jason Leisure. He is like so improved on Twitter. He's 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 one of us now. He's really snarky. I like it. He's awesome. He fits into Heat Twitter perfectly. Yes, he does. There's no question because you guys like, are a snarky bunch. No, we're like we're these weird savages that I feel like we're not really human, but we're like. <laughs> And I'm the yeah. president, so I know I'm yeah, aware. I was there when, over. Were, uh, when you won your presidency? Oh, you were. I forgot about that. Yes, you were. I was there. sad. You, moment you seem you. you seem pretty annoyed by the process. So. <laughs> well, the process was terrible. Yes, it was awful. I mean, no offense to the way you won, uh, but good lord, that was annoying. 
Did you rethink your whole radio career as you're sitting there interviewing Al? Yes, yes. There was no question. I honestly, I don't even know why I stuck around. I could have just walked off. It wasn't I should have. So, I mean, I could have just left, but there was, then that, like, I feel like, where would I have gone? I mean, it was so early at the arena. There was nowhere Anywhere to go. Anywhere would have been better. Anywhere would have been better. I guess. Right. I, 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 I was good. I don't care what anybody says. I was good. Yeah, I, there were just a lot of other people were really bad. And I think that was kind of the issue. I don't even remember if you were good, but you clearly weren't any anywhere near as awful as the other people were. I was just good by comparison. That's that's the biggest thing. But it, that's like a real presidential election. Right. So, yeah, well, it's kind of like, yeah, what we're dealing with now. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I was just like the less of six evils. So, well, well Alf, speaking of what George just said, what we, we had a debate podcast the other day, and Alf said that they thought they were going to be debating with, um, what was it that you said? I said they thought they were getting Jeb Bush, but they got Donald Trump. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Look at you. I'm a savage. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> George, you should have seen it. We're on Skype. And I, oh, you, oh, it's your boy, Coachy Ramos. Oh, okay. oh, that's your boy? Oh, that's, that's my boy. He's somebody I, I mean, I know him on Twitter. It's <laughs> your yeah. boy, man. He he gets. I get in into it. it with him a little bit, but yeah. I like him. He's a smart guy. I just don't always agree with him. Alf hates him. <laughs> you hate him. Hate is Alf, gave, Alf gave him double middle fingers, called him an idiot, and then hung up on the. No, no, no. I never called him an idiot. I called. Oh Dutch, no, it was. I called okay, Dutch was, Beak an idiot. Okay, and then you hung up on the podcast. Yes. Is that a Sam Hinky podcast? Exactly. Yes. I, oh wow, that was that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it was the, their work on Sam Hinky. Oh my God, Alf was so mad. Yeah. You were seething. I could feel it over <laughs> Skype. I was scared of you, and I had no control as a moderator. Like they could, were going, and I had no control over it. I was that's supposed just, to be like, yeah. That's what these things should be about. There should be no control. If there's control, then uh, it's not as fun. Well, yeah, we discussed like if if it was a civilized debate, it would be terrible radio. Like it uh, had to be a train yeah, wreck. Yeah, exactly. There has to be some sort of dynamic and entertainment factor to it. So there had to. And we have been way very self-involved in the beginning of this podcast. But I do want to get into this playoff series. <laughs> Charlotte and Miami. We finally got an announcement. We got really I think Miami got fortunate that they blew that lead against Boston because now they don't have to play them and they get a home seed. Um, yeah, look, I get it. I, I get that. But I don't know. Look, I still think Miami could have won the series against Boston. Would it have been a little more difficult? Sure, because I think that Boston creates certain problems for Miami, particularly with their backcourt, that would be an issue for particularly guys like you know Dwayne Wade or some of the young guys. Because Avery Bradley, man, like he should be getting Defensive Player of the Year uh, votes because I think he's that good at what he does on defense. He'll he's probably really be all-first team. Yeah, I, well, I didn't put him on. I didn't have a ballot, a ballot, but I did a fake ballot for the NBA Lockdown podcast at ESPN. And on my fake ballot, I would have put him on the second team. I didn't have him first team, but he's certainly in consideration. I think some guys uh, at the at, at the mothership had him on their first team, so I wouldn't be surprised if he is. So he's great. They got a lot of long guys. So yeah, it would have been a more difficult series. But look, I think Charlotte presents its own problems too. Um, Nick Batum has been really good this year and particularly really good against Miami. I know he's dealing with an injury right now, but if that guy's healthy, this thing is going seven. If he's not healthy, then Miami should be able to win it quicker than seven. But yeah, he has been really good this year. And, and again, particularly against the Heat. 
Is it bad that it, is it bad that I got excited when I heard he had an injury? Is that yeah? It's terrible. That's bad, right? Yeah, you're, you're awful. You, okay. you shouldn't want that. I mean, look, <laughs> no, no, I didn't wish. You shouldn't want to beat everybody at full strength, right? No, like, isn't listen, that- this is not the LeBron years. I'm taking everything I can get, man. <laughs> like I just, like now now I got to wait to the Eastern Conference Finals to get the Cavs. I'm taking every break I can get. I'm not hoping for injuries. I'm not wishing for injuries. But if they happen, I might do a little. Inside fist cheer, pump. yeah, a little fist pump, a little something. You're evil. Yeah, evil. Listen, the, uh, I, the Heat's path is not going to be easy. Uh, look, I, now it can be easier if if they beat Charlotte, like I think they can. And I actually picked today on on Sports Center, and I picked it on Lockdown. Uh, I picked the Pacers to win that series against the Raptors, and that goes against all <laughs> logic. Yeah, that goes against all logic. A lot of a lot of people are because nobody trusts the Raptors. Right, there's that, but and and the fact that Paul George has been terrible against them, like you wouldn't think that that would be the case. He shot, I think it was 31 percent against them this year. But I feel like we always talk about regression to the mean, where guys are balling and then all of a sudden they kind of come back down to earth. Well, I feel like there should be ascension to the mean. Paul George is one of the 10 best players in this league, arguably. So I feel like he's not a 31% shooter against anybody for very long. So I, I think it's it's about time he starts to erupt. And let's face it, I, I know you, I mean, you guys know this as Heat fans, Frank Vogel's a really good coach, man. We could talk about the Roy Hibbert move a couple years ago, this, that, and the other, but that guy knows what he's doing. Not to say that Dwayne Casey doesn't, but I don't think we talk enough about how good a coach Vogel is. And I, I just think the Pacers will hang around in each one of those games. And because of that, I think a couple of them will swing their way. And I think enough of them potentially to, to get to a game seven. And once it gets to a game seven, give me the team with the best player on the floor. And I think that that's Paul George. So if that happens, then all of a sudden the Heat have home court advantage in the second round. But they got to get by Charlotte first. And I think with Batum, uh, his injury situation, I think that's key. If he's healthy, it's almost a coin flip with him, with them in Miami. Something I was reading today was Charlotte is one of like, I think they're third to last in the league in defending uh, catch and shoot threes. They allow the third most in the sport. And Miami has since all-star break is shooting around 37% from three. So that could be something that can kind of go Miami's way. I know that most of the year they weren't very good at three, but since Joe Johnson and Josh Richardson's explosion, which I still can't explain, they might have at least some more offense to kind of help them out there. Yeah, look, they do. But here's the thing about the playoffs, man. When those guys go on the road, role players just don't play as well as they do at home. And this has been documented stuff. I mean, this there's empirical data to discuss this. So Josh Richardson, as great as he is, he may struggle on the road. Now, I hope that's not the case. But the one thing about him is he can create his own shot off the dribble a little bit, which certainly helps him in that spot. But I could see where they can struggle some, him and Justice particularly on offense. On defense, we know how sound they are, and that'll keep them in most games. But, yeah, I worry about them. And look, at this stage, Joe Johnson is a role player. So as experienced as he is, he's still a role player. And I think that can be something to watch out for. He's kind of been a little up and down of late, as great as he started off from three early this season with the Heat and and even towards the tail end of his time with the Nets. Uh, he kind of tailed off up until he had that explosion against the Detroit Pistons. So I think that all that stuff is stuff to watch. Um, and, and look, you know, let's see what Dwayne's got. Let's see what he's got at this stage of the season without a ton of rest. He's played more games than he's played in in a very long time. And I, I'm not saying I'm not picking the heat. I am picking the heat. I just think this this stuff is hard. Um, and they need to make sure they win all the home games against Charlotte because I, I can't see them getting 
uh, more than one on the road potentially. Well, I think that they have the advantage of we know that they can win games even if they don't hit the three ball well, and they've done right. all year. Didn't they win a game at, on the road making one yeah. or zero threes? I think they Charlotte? won. I think yeah, I think it was one. I, I'd have to. I, I, I it was something hit. like abysmal. Well, I'm pretty sure they won two games where they hit a in, combined in a two, right? Where they hit a combined two three pointers in those two games. And I on the road, I think kind of that's the game you got to kind of have to get back to because, like Sedano saying, even at home, I don't. And I love Josh Richardson. I you know I think he's been a revelation this year. But I hope that's not what we're counting on. You know what I mean? I, no, I, and I, I don't think you should. Yeah, and I, so I think what we the game that you almost need to get back to. Yeah, you use a three ball. Um, uh, accordingly, but I think the game we need to get back to, and I think what we will see uh, now that it's the playoffs, is uh, a lot of Wade and a lot of Goron attacking. I think that is that right there is the key, and then utilizing Whiteside as much as possible. The thing with Whiteside is this: is now that he's in the starting lineup, he's going to get less touches. So to me, there's a couple of things in play there. A, how does that affect him? on both sides of the floor, not just on offense when he's going to get, because he was getting 11 uh, attempts a game, basically, when he was coming off the bench. I think he's down, again, very small sample size. But, well, I guess you can go back to this stuff early in the season, too. He's only averaging just about nine. Two two touches is a big deal to a guy like that. Um, clearly, he still has some maturity issues, even though he's uh, he's shown some signs that he can be more mature. But I think that that stuff could get to him. He seems to be a guy that lets stuff get to him and gets in his head. So how does that affect him on offense, setting hard screens, rolling to the basket? Is he going to do those little things as well as he can and should? Um, I do feel like he doesn't roll as hard as he should even recently when he was playing uh, coming off the bench. I think those are little things I still think he needs to get better at, the nuances of the game. And then I noticed on defense a little bit in the last couple of games, sometimes he's not getting the touches. He, he isn't even playing as hard there since he's been back in the starting lineup there. It's particularly against Boston. I noticed that some in that second half. And look, the second half was terrible for everybody. I get it. But I, I certainly noticed it from him a little bit. So I think that those are things you have to be mindful of. And look, it's, it's, it's a tough spot for Spo. He's got a lot of stuff he's got to juggle, and he's had to juggle all season long. It's why I had Spo as my runner-up for Coach of the Year this year to Terry Stotts because – I don't think anyone has dealt with more nonsense than he's had to deal with from Hassan's immaturity uh, in that regard, obviously just kind of the ups and downs of all the injuries and, and you know, particularly the, the real serious situation with Chris Bosh. Not that that's nonsense. Um, I'm talking about the Hassan stuff is nonsense, but the injury stuff as well that he's had to deal with and juggling a lineup. It's not as bad as it was last year, clearly. Because they missed the playoffs because of it last year with, I think it was, what, 28 to 30 different lineups or whatever it was. Yeah, some, something. But, yeah, but, the, but he still has had to deal with a lot of stuff this year. And well, I mean, they changed I, the offense on the fly. They yeah, completely yes, changed the way they played. In January, right. January 25th, somewhere around there. Yeah. What do you guys, I mean, what do you guys think of that move, uh, putting Whiteside back in the starting lineup? Um, like, I know I'm the biggest spo apologist on earth, but I don't, I don't like the move. I understand that was the best lineup uh, as far as net rating is concerned. But I, I don't like the move just because I felt we had gotten to a really 
uh, a good, strong rotation. It was everybody's roles were pretty clearly defined. And now we're going getting to a point where I guess because of the way Amari has to loosen up, that he's not really uh, an option as a backup center. So we're playing some McBob, we're playing some UD, and it just does not feel as fluid as it was starting to feel before we made the before uh, Spo made the move back to Hassan in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I thought agree that with was you. a playoff move. I thought he yeah. was trying to get that unit acclimated, especially for a Charlotte or Boston matchup. Boston, because they kind of play a little smaller, so they can kind of uh, take advantage there. And for Charlotte, I think they're going to put Al Jefferson in the pick and roll every time down the floor. That's how you have to attack them. He has cement feet. He's big. He's not the best defender out there. So that's something that I think that they wanted to do going into the playoffs. And it was a move to kind of acclimate them going forward. Yeah, listen, I, I get what you're saying, um, but I, I agree with Alf. I do think that, and listen, I'm a guy who defends Eric a lot, but I, I don't get this move other than this. They want to keep Whiteside, and he was probably grumbling a little bit behind the scenes, like saying, hey, look, man, I'm doing all the little things you asked me to do, and I'm not, you know, I'm not talking to the media. I'm not, I'm not expressing my issues with the media. I'm, I'm coming to you as a man. Hey, look, I, I want to start. It's important to me, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that kind of stuff happens behind the scenes and they feel like, you know what, let's reward him. And they probably want to keep him for next season. Now, I certainly wouldn't be a guy who would max him out at $22 million a year or whatever. I don't think – I still find it hard to believe that there's going to be a team that's going to give him – You think what that's is it? hard to believe? Yes, I do believe it. I think it's hard to believe that a team is going to give him $90 million over four Look years. Look what they yes. gave DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, but he's DeAndre Jordan didn't have the issues this guy had going in. So, yes, I do believe that it, it's very difficult for me, at least, to comprehend that a guy who was uh, a malcontent just, what, a few months ago is going to get four for 90 from somebody. Because you don't think Mark is, Cuban or the Lakers? No, Mark, I'm telling you right now, the Dallas will absolutely not go after Hassan Whiteside. I am telling you that 100%. I know I Sources? trust the guys. Yes, I trust the guys okay. that I talk to there in Dallas, and they all tell me they have no interest in Hassan. Really? So, yeah, I would, be, I would find it weird that if somebody gave him the full freight, the four for 90, yeah, I would be shocked if that happened. I think a lot of it has to do with how he, how he performs in these playoffs. Sure, that has a fact. That does factor in. So, yes. Like, that, who was the I, guy? I Sedano, you know, the guy from the Sonics, I think, that the Knicks gave a bunch of money to because he had one good series. Back uh, Reggie, in the day, uh, uh, something, Reggie Evans, something, Reggie Evans, something like Ed Johnson, something like that. It just happens. Like if he has a really good playoff, uh, if he has a good playoffs, someone's going to give him a bunch of money. And a lot of it has to do with there's so much money out there and teams are going to be pressured uh, to just to spend and they're going to spend on somebody that's going to make their fan base excited. And I think Portland. Well, yeah, with Hassan's Snapchats and his his personality and people, you know, uh, just he's he's a gregarious personality. I think he's the kind of guy that uh, an organization can bring in and pump up to their fans and say, "Look, we're really trying." But I, I don't know if he's a franchise guy. I really, I think the I think the Heat are going to have to pay him. Um, but like I said, yeah, all well, I'm of- telling you this: Miami's not giving him twenty three, almost twenty three million dollars a year. Like I'm telling you, I would be. Floored. I mean, happens. what if he goes out in these playoffs and he's just a complete monster? He okay. He, well, if he gets them to the NBA Finals and he's the biggest reason, then that's a different story. Yeah, but I don't see that case either. Yeah, but I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think it all depends on what happens. I mean, if he's a complete bust in these playoffs, no, he's not going to be that either. Though, like, there, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think he's going to put up good numbers, 
Um, probably then you with have averages, to fact- which are good. Oh, right. You're going to have to, but you're going to have to factor in, is he a guy that you can build around? And I, at this point, I know everybody's going to have money, but I think his reputation precedes him. And I think that's part of the equation here. That That's why I'd be surprised if someone gave him four for 90, which is the alleged max deal that he could get. I mean, George, Indiana gave Hibbert some absurd contract before we even Hibbert knew he was. Wasn't, I know, but dude, Roy Hibbert was not a guy who was out of the league the year or a year and a half ago. Like that's that's a different ball game when you're talking about a guy who had, forget about the skill set. Like the personality matters with these guys, okay? And, and I think that owners and particularly general managers are going to be cautious with him. Look, could there be one reckless one? Yeah, of course. There's always going to be at least one, maybe even two, because of the type of money that's going to be flooded into the market. I just don't think that's responsible to do it that way. But that's, I mean, but that's all it takes. It only takes. Well, yeah, one. and that's what yeah. I'm saying. And well, I think teams walk. have shown I don't see, you. I don't see the Heat matching the full max. I, well, don't. I don't either. And I don't think. I don't think. I think they've said, and I think. It's been kind of documented through their beat writers and, and the radio guys that they're not very interested in giving him that much money. No, I would think – look, I think his his contract will be similar to what Goran's would be, a four-year equivalent to what Goran's would be. That would be my guess where it starts around like $15 million and then it escalates up to you know about 20 or whatever it is. So I, I, feel, like, I feel like they would feel a lot more comfortable um, starting there. Uh, and honestly, I mean, Amino Hassan and I talked about this recently, too, on one of the lockdown podcasts. He could see them going for not even like teams saying, you know what, maybe we'll give him four. Maybe we'll max him out for two or three years and just kind of see how he feels because you're still kind of dangling the carrot in front of him that you didn't get the full, full max. So maybe that's a solution where you just give him a two or three year max as opposed to the four that he's eligible for. Did you guys see what Ethan, what Ethan's conversation with him the other day, how he was talking about how Hassan was talking, complaining about his minutes and he kind of stops himself halfway and then kind of tried to change the angle of the conversation. It was really awkward because he wanted to play over 30 minutes a game. And Ethan's saying like, you're playing 29, dude. Like, right. I know. But those are the type of things that they're going to have to deal with and have to worry about. Um, I'd be, I'd still be as good as he is. And he's been really good, man. Uh, over the, I mean, he was really good off the bench and I think that he's been, he's been very good as well. Uh, certainly in a very small sample size, again, in the starting lineup, I just would be fearful of giving him a full max of four for 90. Like I just would. I, I think the spread pick and roll has helped him so much because they didn't have that before. So now that they have at least a two or three wing shooters at a time, that makes a difference. Dang uh, in the yeah. corner, Johnson at the, like it, it and Dwayne and Goran struck. It does. Now, if only he could pass the ball a little bit, that would certainly. He's make doing it. better. He's, he's Come on. Anytime the guy no, passes the ball, we take a vine no, out of it. <laughs> 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 no, he has the assist. George, yeah. I know you have to go. Do you have to go now? Yeah, I, I have to go in like I got like two or three minutes if you want if you want to finish talking about the series and we can just get I mean we have plenty of time to talk about Hassan so <laughs> no yeah no but um I, I, the spread pick and roll has been something that I think has been the most important development of this team that they've been able to do it and that's what they that's what they've done in the last six years yeah and I think and I think you're right I think you try to get guys like Tyler Zeller in 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 regards to this series I think that you try to get guys like Al and Tyler Zeller involved in that. Uh, as much as possible and, and try to work it that way. But uh, to me that for that to happen, you like, you know, Alf pointed it out. You got to put the ball in Dwayne and Goran's hands and just kind of see where it goes from there and then trust everyone else. Prediction radio. What do you say? No, no, not here. I picked the I did it. I picked I the heat. Yeah. I picked the heat and six. Heat and six. Yeah. I it's, think that the one road game they get is game six. It's done. Johnny. I tried. 
I strive to be, listen, I strive for this creative outlet. This, we, I mean, we do so many cool, interesting things. He and six. Oh, listen, man, stop. Listen, uh, you know what? Spit all of my drips out. I've got a mean and Haberstraw on my show tonight on ESPN Radio, and we're doing, we did it on lockdown. We, Izzy, me, Haberstraw, I mean, we all did it. We picked. People like picks, man, when it comes to series. They do. George, did you do, uh, when you were at FIU, did you do the, did you do student radio over there? I don't even know if they had a radio studio when I was there. What are you talking oh, really? about? We, I, even, we, uh, I spent all so, my time playing dominoes there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> in the game room? Well, it's now Chili's? Yeah, I don't know what it is anymore. I haven't been there in a long time. So, What's the last time you were on campus? Because everybody. Well, I, goes well I used to do their games uh, in like 2011 and 2012. So that was it. But I never went anywhere but the stadium. So you didn't go to GC or anything? Oh, or wherever the football uh, offices were, I guess once those were built, yeah. the athletic department in, office in or whatever. Corner, yeah. yeah. So that's George, it. thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to run. Uh, we appreciate this so much. And, and thank you very much to all of you, yeah. your colleagues. Izzy, the same. You guys are awesome. You got it, boys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. And uh, we'll, we'll try to do it one more time, at least uh, before the playoffs are over, or maybe when the season's over. Oh, that'd be great, man. Thank you. <laughs> all right, boys. Take care. Take care. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.